As we work with different clients, one of the questions that I get often in the conversation is about how to implement the new technology or the new work into the current system that is that is operating internally in their company. And so today I'm going to share with you a couple different models, ideas and concepts and research about how to implement new technology into your company. Hello, and this is Caleb. You are listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast. Behind the scenes doing editing work and soon to be in front of a mic is my teammate Tatsuya Murao. Implementation of technology. Well, where where do we start? I would start with a specific model that has helped us explain and find the most efficient way to to develop and implement technology in our clients work or in specifically the healthcare industry. And one of the most important and fundamental steps in what I'll call the development feedback loop is getting uh, the desired needs. What are the business or customer needs for a specific project? What are you what are you hoping to accomplish or what do you see as far as the needs of a specific project? And this can come in many forms, and and a lot of times it comes down to we need to save time on reporting, or we need to untangle this database, or we need a better infrastructure in order to be able to develop more tools on top of this data infrastructure. And that is the first level need. That's the, the need that everybody sees. The CEO sees it. The project managers see it. The directors, everybody in the, in the organization sees that top level need or sees their own version of the top level need. But how do you get down to a core need that identifies why this needs to be done? And that is where I suggest asking the five whys. So for example, if if you need to save time on a specific report or project and say, okay, we don't want to spend five hours every day working through the spreadsheet to get this done. Why do you want to save time? Well, because our time could be better used in serving customers. Our time could be better used in in doing other kinds of analysis. Our time could be better used in, in XYZ. Why do you want your time to be better used in those ways? You say, well, because we want to impact this specific area or that specific area. And so then why do you want to impact that specific area? And so if you get down to, let's say, more than three whys, then you get to discover the specific reasons, but more importantly, specific principles that guide your development. And so once you understand the core principles of of you and your team or your company as a whole as to why things are done, then it's a lot easier to communicate on a broad level what needs to be done in the organization. So that was a lot to cover in specifying what you need for a specific project, but I think it's important. After you define what you need, then you can specify the resources that are necessary in order to complete the the specific project that you need or the specific piece of work. And that's an easy process. What do you need in terms of people, uh, funding, even space, time? All of those things are defined resources that would help clear the way when you communicate to senior executives or the leadership about what needs to be done for a specific project. So after you define your resources, then you need an implementation plan. What needs to be done or how is it going to be implemented? And 
Some people call this in the Agile world sprint planning. Other people call it just a regular plan of action. But whatever you call it, it's a way of defining what the next steps are in the specific project you need. Then after that, then it's Agile development. And Agile development is an iterative process to where you go through the feedback loop in a very quick succession and are able to develop in a way that gets the best possible outcome. And this is different than setting out an implementation plan that's, let's say, a year plan and following it through without getting feedback from everybody outside. A development plan gets feedback at every step of the process so that you're not wasting work and not wasting energy. So again, in order to develop the technology internally, you need the desired needs or you need feedback first. Why are you doing this? The second is defined resources. What resources can you allocate towards getting this done? An implementation plan. How can you implement the given goals and desires based on what you need and your resources. Then after that, it's development, agile development, where you use the feedback to develop the tools that are necessary. And so to give you some practical examples about how that works in our company, usually with every project, we will have meetings at least every week, depending on the cadence of the project, in order to provide feedback on the overall perspective of where it's going, what specific things are being done. But at the detail level of the specific pieces of work being done, then feedback is then provided to the project lead in order for for things to show that they're on the right track towards the sprint planning. I should take a step back and say that in this process, there are key people that you need in your team for development. And the first is internal tech, you need um, a tech owner or a user. So you need somebody who's going to actually use a specific piece of work. The second is project lead. You need somebody who's going to lead the development team in implementing that piece of work. And then the third is you need developers or you need the development team in order to do so. And so I'm going to give uh, an example of how that works in in real life. And so in real life, what we will have is we'll have a meeting uh, usually in the beginning of the week and then typically at the end of the week that is with a project leader and user. And they're the ones who are guiding the project and are making sure that it meets the requirements for the resources that are used and if it's going in the right direction. And so those two meetings are, are set. And so... The meeting in the beginning of the week essentially establishes plans and gives feedback from the previous week about how to move forward in this next iteration of the project. The end of the week meeting wraps up and communicates the specific goals or tasks that were accomplished throughout the week. Throughout the week, development is being done, but it's usually being done in an iterative process. So what I mean is that when some piece of work is done, so for example, if we finish a piece of work when it comes to a database or there's a new data table or a new report has been built or a new piece of infrastructure like an API has been built. When anything has been built, then that is communicated immediately to the project lead and the project lead then decides how to communicate that to a project owner or user if they can use it immediately. And so as work is being done, people are checking and people are 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 using the work and that 
enables a quick amount of feedback. That's a lot of information and there's a lot to unpack there. And I would recommend oh, many different books, but I am gleaning off of Scrum development methodology, as well as my personal experience about how it really works in, in the real world. At this point, there are many people who use Scrum and Agile as a platform or as a frame of reference, but they call it many different things. And so in general, what you need to know is that a quicker process and a feedback loop allows for faster development. And that's what Agile does in general. So that's the development work. But beyond the development work is how can you implement that development work into your organization? So you don't necessarily want it to sit with your project owner and or user. You want it to be used by a general or more widely used across your organization. That's typically what, what you want done. You don't want it in a specific group. You want to disseminate the information and disseminate the technology so that the technology can be used in a more powerful way across the entire company. And so in this way, one of the important things to recognize is that this is an internal marketing problem at first, because what you need to do is you need to find a way to explain why this is important to the specific users that you're talking about. So for example, if we are developing a report for a specific group, let's say it's an operations group that deals with nurses and patients on a specific level. And, and we developed a reporting tool that helps nurses and providers better get a grasp of how they're performing and how their patients are performing. So suppose that is a piece of work. And so how do you get all of the nurses or a good majority of them are nurses and providers to use this tool? That is the question. And the first is, is this really a good tool for them to use? Does it really make their lives better? And that goes down to the development process. And if it does, then how do you get it out to all the people that you need to get it out to in order to use it so that it can affect their performance and improve their performance over a given amount of time? And so that's where internal marketing comes in. It requires internal marketing to explain to specific users that this is something that they can implement in their workflow that can improve their performance and give them insights or give them information that they wouldn't have otherwise had. So after you provide and or explain why this is important to them, then I would recommend giving access to a specific user group one group, let's say 10 people, not a big group, but let's call them a power group. And so this power group is going to use the tool. They're going to provide the project owner a lot of good information so that they can take it to the development team and provide feedback to the development team so that development cycle that I explained before can be done. And so once this power group is really, really happy about the results that they're receiving from this tool, then it's a lot easier to roll it out to adjacent group. So suppose you're working with a group of nurses that are in inpatient or a group of providers that are in a specific group in the hospital or in your organization. Then an easy way to market this internally or spread the technology is to share it with a group that is similar to the power group. And once you have 
two groups, then you can aggregate more information and more feedback in order to refine it again. And after that refinement is done, then let's say you have 20 users that are using it. And then from there, then it's a lot easier to implement it to let's say 50 or 100 or the market that you wanted to reach out to, the users that you wanted the technology to reach out to initially. And so that's what I would recommend as far as providing access is find a user group, find adjacent groups, and be able to spread and give access to the technology on a group-by-group level. And as you do this, you will find that enthusiasm for the specific technology can grow if the technology and the development team is able to adapt to those users' needs. Because in a development cycle, you're only working with a development team to provide a minimal product that can be used by the users. Once you have a user group and you have a core user group or what I'll call a power group, then they can provide a lot of feedback because they're actually doing, they're actually the boots on the ground, right? They're actually the people in the situation where they are using the tool for real circumstances. And once they are, and once they're happy with it, then it's very easy to share it naturally and organically throughout the organization because there's actual power behind it. I can't tell you how many times I've been part of a project where the executive team or the directors under them say, oh yeah, this is a great technology. Let's roll this out to the entire company. And it gets rolled out and me as an analyst or somebody in the organization like says, oh, what's this button here? And they click on it and it's this new piece of technology that they never even knew existed before. But it's been out for six months and they didn't really know about it or didn't really care about it because their workflow or piece of work involved what they've been used to. And so nobody has taken the time or shared with them that piece of technology because they didn't care about it. And so if you have a group of users who really care about the technology and actually improve what they're doing, then it's a lot easier to share than somebody at the top saying, let's push this out to the entire organization and see who uses it and who doesn't. It's an actual adoption problem that I'm very, very passionate about. So that's essentially it, is that after you spread the technology to the entire organization and users are enthused and enjoy the technology, then it comes down to training. What specific technological training do they need in order to best use the tool? And this can involve just a webinar. It can involve an in-person conference. It can involve a series of different things depending on the technology that is being rolled out. But this training can allow for people outside the power group to be able to use the tool at its maximum capacity. So instead of only using 40% of the technology or the the tool, they can use it to the 80% capacity or use it to the full extent. And so in that way, you can get the most bang out of your buck for the development process and for the development that you put in to to the work. And for every dollar that is used in the analytics project, you can get more out of it based on users being able to use it more and glean more information and adopt it, but also use it to make decisions in their group and improve their performance. That's the gist of how to create a development cycle that works and alongside that, the implementation across your organization. And what I will say is that in this process, 
we did some research about the most important technology trends that are pending right now. And according to the Economist survey, it surveyed 750 executives and it found that the most important technology trend is data and analytics. 30% of executives said that data and analytics is the most important trend of this year. Secondly, after that, it's cybersecurity and artificial intelligence. So those are the three items that are at the top of mind for many leaders in many different industries. And one of the primary challenges that that survey has found is that the complexity of data is one of the most difficult challenges in implementing new technology. And that's actually no surprise for me because in any digital work, in any development work, we run into data problems all the time. And that's one of the things that we've been able to specialize in is how to build an infrastructure that keeps the data in a usable framework that can then be used in reporting or AI or other usages. So I'll leave you there. And what I will say is that as you implement new technologies, feel free to reach out to us as far as any questions that you have, any thoughts, anything that we missed, If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Arcos Analytics. Thanks again and see you next time.